This is Weekly Signals Interviews, broadcasting every Tuesday morning, 8 to 9, Pacific Time on KUCI 88.9 FM, Irvine, California, on the web at KUCI.org. I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. For the last few decades, Americans' charitable giving has hovered around 2% of pre-tax income. But Anne and Christopher Ellinger have upped the ante. The Ellingers were plunged into philanthropy world when Christopher, our guest today, received an unexpected inheritance at the age of 21. After 10 years of exploring the resources available for people looking to connect their money and values, the Ellingers decided to put their knowledge to use by helping other wealthy people maximize their gifts. Today at Boulder Lit Giving, the Ellingers offer an invitation to rich folks for what could be considered extreme philanthropy, pushing that percentage up to 50. Christopher Ellinger, welcome to Weekly Signals. Good to be with you today. How, how are you doing? I'm excited by this opportunity to talk to folks about giving, and as, it, as you said in your introduction, we're especially looking to reach affluent people. Okay. However... Um, if we compare ourselves to most people in the world, most Americans are affluent and have an opportunity to be bolder givers at a, whatever level that we can. So I'd love to be able to talk about that as well. All righty. Well, first, let's start off by uh, explaining a little bit how you got started with this. How did you come into that inheritance and, and uh, what led you down this path? I was doing work in the uh, low-income community of southwest Philadelphia where I was surrounded by people who were poor and working class and about a third of the buildings were burnt out and hadn't been restored and just saw what huge need there was that people weren't making it. And it was very painful to me. And I, I was making it and then suddenly inherited some money unexpectedly from my family. wasn't a huge fortune by any means, but comparing myself to other people, I was clearly had more than enough, the level that I was living on, and other people weren't making it. So that inspired me at a young age to look at how could I make a difference, how could I contribute. Now, are there a lot of loopholes along the way? Is is it difficult to give money, or did you find the experience pretty easy? Um, it's certainly... There's no shortage of opportunity. So every time we speak about giving, we're deluged often with requests, even though we tell people we have a very clear giving plan ourselves and don't respond to just requests out of the blue. So it's very easy to find needs, but it is also a really difficult job to do it well, to think proactively about is there some area that you want to make a difference in in your lifetime and really focusing on that and saying that part of the difficulty is saying no to so many people who do have such real needs and and yet to be a good giver um, I can't respond to a thousand requests in the mail and on the telephone I have to really focus on where can I contribute most Mm -hmm. and I think that's each person's um, challenge that we we do of course want to give to our friends and family who are in need, and yet if we're going to be really strategic givers, we're going to think, um, what's an area that we're really concerned about? Is it about the environment? Is it about the state of our community? Is it about um, people making 
getting good jobs, and then getting to know that area over time, um, first by making small contributions and also ideally by putting your time into it, volunteering or getting work in that area. Uh-huh. So you'd advise someone who is thinking about giving a, a fair amount of money to uh, a cause to first get involved in it a bit to see see what how the operation runs? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And to... Um, if, if you're not working hands-on to at least go and see the operation and get to know the people who work there and get to know them over time, mm-hmm. oh, too, too many people make gifts out of an impulse because they're moved in that moment and then they don't sustain their gifts. And part of being a good giver is giving over many years and also taking leadership of bringing other people who could be givers or other stakeholders, bringing other people onto boards of organizations. So you're looking to really strengthen that organization as much as you can because you really care about what it's trying to do. We're speaking with uh, Christopher Ellinger. He is, uh, I would best call you the director of Boulder Giving. Is that right? My wife and I. Uh-huh. And, and I. So it's sweet to get to work with my best friend doing work that we love. Uh, and that's at uh, bouldergiving.org, too. That's right. And Boulder Giving as in giving more boldly as opposed to Boulder, yeah. Colorado. It's <laughs> yeah. a national program, right? not yeah. just Boulder, Colorado. Right. You know, that was my first question. I had, When I first learned about this, I thought, Boulder, they couldn't be giving away large rocks. So, <laughs> so, it, so it had to be Boulder, Colorado, but that's very good. Now, is there a cause that's overlooked right now? You say about people you know, asking themselves what to, what to give to and, and what causes are you know, are popular is one way to look at it, but is there a cause that that isn't getting enough attention that you, that you would uh, steer people toward, at least to give a consideration to? You're asking a very tricky question. <laughs> okay. <laughs> because um, I guess my we've picked an area that we believe in. One of our areas is giving to the arts in a way mm-hmm. that's going to help the community because we think that's the people think of the arts as just entertainment and it's not supported and, in fact, the arts have been steadily cut by yeah. the National Endowment for the Arts and money for local, state and local agencies have been cut steadily over the years. However, I wouldn't say that that's the most important thing. I think there are so many important things in that maybe, maybe many years from now we can look back and say that was what turned the tide of some important issues. But yeah. I'm really grateful, actually, to support many people's different visions and impulses because collectively I think we have a greater collective intelligence than any one of us individually can have. So Boulder Giving is not actually trying to steer people to any project. We avoid um, brokering projects and we don't even steer people to an area. We help people figure out what their values are really clearly and how to make an impact in that area. So you're, in a, in a manner of speaking, you try to match up somebody's particular area. I mean, their, I say personality, but the type of person that they are with something, that an area that you think they might be interested in. Is that- uh-huh. So if somebody comes to me and says, I'm concerned about the environment, we wouldn't have said to them if you came in, um, mm-hmm. you should be concerned about poverty in your town and they're an environmentalist. Well, somebody else is going to be concerned about poverty. Right. So we'll work with each person based on what their deepest concerns are and help them focus. So the environment, that's a big area. How, how can we dig down deeper? Is it, are you concerned about climate change? Are you concerned about um, natural resource depletion? Are you concerned about overpopulation? There's so many issues within that. Mm-hmm. 
because once you're, again, back to focus, um, the more focused you, be, you can be, the more likely you can see the impact of your work over time. Mm-hmm. You, and that's you, true even of smaller givers as well. Yeah, I was going to, to talk about that. You, you primarily, do you primarily work with uh, more wealthy people? And uh, how does, what's your percentage go on that? Uh, do you work uh, uh, primarily with the wealthy, or do you have a lot of uh, not-so-wealthy folks giving too? So people contact us across the economic spectrum who want to give, uh-huh. and sometimes the most inspiring stories are actually from people who are not super affluent. So there's a a college professor at a community college who's been giving away half of his income for years, and by the time he retires in a couple of years, he will have given away a million dollars. But that's over many years of yeah. giving away... <laughs> his salary, and in, in some way that's even more inspiring than some of the most wealthy people who we've profiled, because some of those people don't really feel it. They can be yeah. giving away huge amounts of money, but it's not, they're still left with so much money. There's also a young man who just contacted us from Los Angeles who decided he and his wife, and they have a one-year-old daughter, they're just going to live on the average or less than the average income of a household in the United States and give away the rest. And gradually his income has been increasing. He's a software engineer, and he's now making 200000 a year. And he's living, he and his wife and child are living on only 38000 a year. Mm-hmm. And My goodness. It's, just, it's just, it's kind of mind-boggling to me that people are willing to, to do that and Really inspiring. Well, I imagine, again, I mean, people who are making that kind of a commitment, it's it would be, I'm sure it's easy to see how they would be so invested, if you will, if that's the right word, in where the money is going into, uh, if they're if they're sacrificing that, that much money, I'm, I can't imagine that he's not intimately involved with Absolutely. how that money yeah, is being spent. Yeah. The college professor has been involved very much with Habitat for Humanity, working aside people to right. build homes for people and have them. And now, now there, we have a sort of a Judeo-Christian tradition, or at least it's, it's preached as such, that uh-huh. people give 10% of their income to, uh, as it calls it, tithing. Uh, but it's, now it's usually designated to the church, has has this has this sensibility? Does this? Are you finding that there are the people who are giving you um, or that are involved with Boulder Giving tend to be more religious, or does it cut across all the, the entire spectrum of people? Well, tithing, religious motivation is certainly important for many people. Yeah, and for people of all different religious backgrounds, not just Judeo Christian, right. although. We would love to find people with more other religious backgrounds, if you know of any. (laughs) We've had mostly Christians and a few Jewish people who have been part of this. And yet, um, there are people who have other key motivations as well. Mm -hmm. So if you go to our Mm bouldergiving.org website, we've actually organized the profiles of over 50 people in six different categories. Mm -hmm. And have found it really interesting to look at what are the key motivations for people. Mm-hmm. So besides the one of religion, um, another one 
is fairness of feeling like some people are not getting their fair deal in this country, even though we're in the perhaps the most affluent country in the world at the most affluent time of history. Um, and the biggest transfer of wealth and the biggest accumulation of wealth by far of any time in all of history, there are people who are not making a livable wage at the same time that other people are making millions a year, more than they know what to do with. Hmm. So that's been... Yeah, that is... I'm sorry, that is the context of America today, isn't it? As far as the disparity between the rich and the poor, we are now among, if not the the biggest, the largest disparity of any industrialized country in the world. We're certainly right near the top, and uh, I think that's what you're addressing, right? We're at the top in a country that we're, we're not providing social safety nets that other countries are providing yeah. by, by way of um, health care and unemployment and and things that really take care of people over time. Right. So you, there really is an acute need for people to be involved in in spreading the wealth and helping others in our communities. And one of the members of, one of the people profiled in Boulder Giving, Chuck Collins, who's the great-grandson of Oscar Mayer, huh. has started an organization called United for a Fair Economy. There's a website on that. And their work is about educating people about just how bad it is and how much it's growing over time, that economic yeah. disparity. And he's given away 99% of the inheritance that he got from wow. as an Oscar Mayer heir for work that was um, for greater social justice. So organizations like um, the Funding Exchange, which is a network of social justice-oriented community foundations around the country, as well as I don't, I don't think he gave any of it to start his own organization. So it was all to other causes. Right. So well, that's an example of another motivation. Um, a third motivation besides faith and fairness is about passion for a cause, that people um, deeply care about an issue, perhaps because it's touched them in their personal lives or their families, or because it's something that... Um, they, be, they believe in is going to have a huge impact on the world. Mm-hmm. So, for example, John Hunting is somebody who's an environmentalist, and he says, as an environmentalist, how could I not give as much as I possibly could right now, given the state of the environment? Mm-hmm. And he's committed um, $130 million out of $140 million that he got from Steel Steelcase mm-hmm. Corp. Wow. Well, I'm going to remind our listeners we're speaking with Christopher Ellinger and the and the uh, organization that he we're talking about is BoulderGiving.org. Um, I, and lest we make the rich out to be all evil and all bad and all the rest of it, I, you, we just got done describing two examples of people with a lot of money who are putting that money to to good use. You have a program at Boulder Giving called the the Fifty Percent League. Let's talk a little bit about that. The 50% League is a little network of people who have agreed to share their stories and to do presentations in some cases to inspire other people, particularly affluent people who do have a fair amount of discretionary money that they could give, and to give at a much higher level than what most wealthy people give, which is between 2 and 5%. Right. And tithing you were referring to before is a standard that some people 
not the majority of people mm-hmm. adhere to, and that's about 10%. And yet, for wealthy people, they could give away far more than 10% mm-hmm. and be excited by the impact that they could be making. So what our focus is actually is not 50% per se. We picked that number because it's saying you could keep 50% as well as give 50% away mm-hmm. and still be completely fine. And it could be five times what the level of tithing is. The tithing is kind of an old-fashioned number mm-hmm. at a time when there wasn't this vast amount of wealth in the world. So now we need to upgrade what tithing is about it, and it, look at what people's giving yeah. potential really is. I've always struggled with trying to tell people that, that, that it's so much easier for wealthy people, and it's uh, this is excuse me, wealthy people out there, but to give money, if if there's a a ground level, let's just go high and say, if you make a hundred thousand dollars, you can live very very comfortably. Everything above a hundred thousand dollars in is not the same kind of money. It doesn't count as the first one hundred thousand uh, dollars. And is there a, a way to express that that doesn't sound as clumsy as what I'm saying? Well, there are different standards of living that people get used to. So what's 100,000 for one person or even a million for one person isn't the same for somebody else. So somebody can get used to living in a multi-million dollar house and feel poor. I know a couple people like that. And then there are other people who live very simply and yet feel like they have more than enough. So some of it is what standard of living you get comfortable with, and that's partially what you grew up with, and it's partially a choice you make over time as an adult. So for people who want to maximize their giving, another motivation has been about simplicity. It's how much of our life energy do we put into being consumers and taking care of homes and cars and all the stuff of our lives versus put it into things that give our life a sense of meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain amount of stuff that is wonderful, that sustains us. And if we don't have enough of, that, enough of it, then we're poor and struggling. And I've seen people in those shoes, and it's painful, the number of people who are not just struggling out in poor countries, but in the United States. I think it's a sin. There's no excuse for it when we're in such a, an affluent world. And yet there are other people who are struggling by having too much stuff. And that's not just the the curse of wealthy people, but a lot of Americans we've been taught since we were we were young by the number of commercials we've seen and by the yeah. by our friends and neighbors how much we have to have and we actually don't need to have that to be happy. So part of a a question for all of us is how much do we need to be secure? How much is enough? And how much do we need to be happy and not buy into some of the dominant messages in our culture, but to really choose that based on our core values? Mm-hmm. Is there, uh, when you're approaching uh, people of wealth or just anyone in, in general about giving, is there a technique that you find to be best when you're, when you're approaching them and trying to convince them? I mean, besides what you've just told me, is there a, a, a good yeah, way well, to approach? Yeah, you're using the word convince people, and that can sometimes be one of the obstacles, Uh is people don't want to be preached at. Yes. People want to be invited and given options. 
So we've just been working with people this past week who are part of our Giving Potential program. And that's a program that's for anybody who might be able to give a million dollars in their lifetime. It doesn't have to be overnight. It could be over 30 years. And we're inviting people who want to look at that potential, not people who we think should look at that potential. Yes. But we believe that there are plenty of people who are excited to look at that potential and what kind of impact they can have and about doing good in the world during these extraordinary times. And these are people um, who haven't felt safe to talk about it because they feel like, oh, if I tell my friend, he's going to say, you think you have too much money? Is that a problem? Give that to me. So there's not kind of a neutral space to really think through it in a really thoughtful, strategic kind of way with people that you know, and then also a lot of financial professionals assume that people just want to be preserving their money, and they don't tend to bring up giving away money unless their client brings it up. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a really special niche that we have in Boulder Giving, that we're not selling something to people. We're not there to sell an uh, investment product. And we're not there to persuade people that they're bad because they're not giving away more. We're working with people who are excited to look at what could they give and first need to think through questions like, how much is enough for me? Which is sometimes a tricky question. How much do I leave to my kids? Which is sometimes an even trickier question. What's going to be enough to take care of them? Um, What kind of lifestyle? feels good and right for me to live at. Hmm. So those are yeah, those a few are, those of the values questions that make it more complicated. Right. Well, this is certainly, as we wade our, our way into the holiday season, this is a great time for for uh, people to who are interested in giving because they're thinking about giving. This is a time of the year that fortunately for a lot of people means giving back and um you and your organization, Christopher Ellinger, are, are doing some wonderful work here. It's called Boulder Giving. It's bouldergiving.org. You can check it out uh, on the Internet. And I uh, want to thank you very much for being here on Weekly Signals and continue to do the good work you're doing. My pleasure. It's such a joy to give. It's been one of the most important things in my life. To learn more about Weekly Signals interviews, including upcoming guests, or to download the podcast, visit our website at weeklysignals.com. And be sure to visit nathancallahan.com for daily readings and feature articles. Until next week, I'm Nathan Callahan. And I'm Mike Kaspar. And this is Weekly Signals. Weekly Signals.